the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses, or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now, seven minutes past 10 o'clock. Good morning, and thank you for joining us. Thank you also to Jack Windsor, joined us last half hour. Thanks to everybody who is weighing in with thoughts, and we'll try to get as many calls during this hour as we can, by the way, uh, with their thoughts on 9-11. This is my 9-11 reflection day as I am out of the office and off the air tomorrow. Rob Walgate from the um, Ohio Roundtable will be in for me. So this is my last chance before Saturday's 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terror attacks to reflect on where we were, where we've come from, and where we are today. And I certainly invite you to uh, to join us in that effort. Uh, I want to welcome back to the program now our regular Thursday guest at this hour. He is, of course, Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper is a former university president. He's a best-selling author. He's a columnist of the Washington Times and also a podcast radio host in Oklahoma. And he is our regular guest. Dr. Piper, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure. Dr. Piper, we obviously have a couple of topics that we want to discuss with one another. We always prepare before our, our, our interview and our conversation. But um, I want to just kind of go off the, off the uh, script for a moment and, um, and get your thoughts. 20 years past now, the uh, most shocking day for, I think, probably anybody in our lifetimes. You know, you certainly have to go back to the previous generation to talk about uh, the shock of Pearl Harbor. But Pearl Harbor didn't play out on live television the way uh, the September 11th terror attacks did. So for those of us uh, who saw that, probably the biggest shock and the the most fear that we have ever felt. Um, but I don't want to speak for anybody else. That, that's how I felt. I want to ask you your your reflections on 20 years since 9-11. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask that question is something we talked about two shows ago, I believe. And that is how vacuums are always filled. Um, when 9-11 took place 20 years ago, it appears that history has taught us 
that Americans still believed in freedom. Americans still believed in America. The vacuum didn't exist to the degree that it exists today. And therefore, when we were attacked, we had something of substance to fend off that attack. We had the antibodies, if you will. We had the T-cells as a nation to defend ourselves against the aggression of the Taliban, of Al-Qaeda, of ISIS, whatever you want to call it. And we did defend ourselves successfully. The body politic, the nation remained healthy. However, if you fast forward 20 years, now critical theory and the degradation, the literal degradation of America and the claim that America is bad rather than good, the vacuous nature of the political discussion today and the Democratic Party is going to lead to a different response if we were attacked now than what, how we responded 20 years ago. And I don't think anybody could dispute that. What would Joe Biden do? What would AOC do? What would the, uh, the, the left, Pelosi, what would Gavin Newsom do? I mean, what would Chuck Schumer do? The list goes on. Does anybody listening to my response right now have confidence that the vacuum wouldn't be filled by violence and by oppression and by bondage and by a worldview that calls for submission, literal submission, one that rather than one that honors the words of Reagan that you use to introduce this segment every week. So my reflection is, we fought then for freedom. Do we even believe in freedom today? Would we fight for it? That's very well said and very well argued, and I I guess I have to question that myself. Would we even fight for it today? Um, The leadership is is so lacking. And, you know, I'm not going to claim that George W. Bush was the greatest president in the history of this country. He wasn't. I part with him on a number of issues, not all of them. I supported him on a number of them. Um, But I'll tell you what, he was the right man for that moment in time. I still get chills when I hear replays of the speech he made from the uh, top of the fire truck with a firefighter he did not know, his arm wrapped around him, around his shoulders, thanking him, trying to steal his resolve, stand up strong and tall and proclaiming that those who knock down these buildings will hear from us. And then a month later, in the World Series, in the first massive national uh, gathering uh, since, um, not national gathering, but uh, in the gathering in the nation since the attack is the World Series game between the Diamondbacks and the, uh, uh, and the Yankees. And President Bush went out there and threw the first pitch. Uh, Secret Service was everywhere, as one can imagine. But uh, he was, he, I don't know, Dr. Piper, he was just so passionately pro-America and anti-fear. He was trying to bring courage back to a country that was quaking in its boots. And I think he did that. I cannot imagine with this man that is in charge of this country right now being responsible for for bringing back national resolve and our strength and our character uh, and to help us overcome our fear. I think we would be in a very, very different place. Oh, I agree with you so much, and and I agree with your assessment of George W. Bush, too. Uh, I think he was a good man. I think he was an honorable man. I think he was a man that uh, that had integrity. That doesn't mean that you agree with him or I agree with him on a lot of his, uh, I'm going to call them middle-of-the-road 
soft policies okay. on some other issues. I also think he made a mistake in implying the syncretism between a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview, and that of Islam. There are great differences between Islam and Christianity, and yes, there are peaceful Muslims out there, but Islam as a worldview calls for overthrow. There's the doctrine of overthrow. There's the doctrine of, the, the, of deception. There's the doctrine of abrogation. These are theological, philosophical, ontological differences between their worldview and ours. I think that George W. Bush kind of uh, swung and missed at that ball. But he certainly believed in America. He believed that America is good, not evil. He believed our Constitution is a wonderful, exemplary document that gives us the greatest measure of human freedom in the history of humanity. He believed in the Bill of Rights. He believed in our flag. He believed that we were an exceptional nation rather than one that had to be deconstructed and torn down. But today we have a party and we have a leadership that would be the antithesis of all of that. And that vacuum will be filled. We have an obligation as, as citizens to respond in the upcoming elections, whatever they may be, whether it be the school board, whether it be Congress, or whether it be the Senate or the uh, a presidential election three years hence. We have to fill the vacuum with strength and courage and confidence and pride in America rather than the opposite, or we're not going to have the freedoms that we enjoy. Dr. Everett Piper is our guest this morning, as he is each and every Thursday. Doctor, thank you for agreeing to depart from our uh, scheduled topics here, just because I think this is so important to talk about at this particular time. Now let's get into this. The World Health Organization oversold the vaccine and deprecated natural immunity. That was an article written uh, for the Brownstone Institute by Jeffrey Tucker, and it was the subject subject of your column this week. I want you to tell us uh, about this and about uh, your your you know what what you add to what Tucker wrote, and then I want you to tell us what happened to your article, Doctor Piper. Okay, so my article in the Washington Times was essentially probably sixty to seventy percent of my article of eight hundred words is nothing but quoting. Jeffrey A. Tucker from the Brownstone Institute, because he cites the scientific evidence, the science, the facts on how natural immunity is superior to immunity that's derived from vaccines, and that we've known this for, oh, a hundred years or more. Every doctor knows, every honest scientist knows that natural immunity is a good thing. I think I've told you, I had COVID. I've had the test, the antibody test, the T-cell tests. If I hadn't had COVID, my, uh, my uh, average count should be 0 to 50. My T-cell count is 2,450. I'm a walking vaccine. Why would I, I want to take into my body a drug that I don't need and I don't want? So basically my story is extolling the virtues, as Tucker did, of natural immunity. I'm not disparaging the vaccine. If you want the vaccine, too, Great, but we've always considered vaccines and natural immunity to be partners, teammates on the same team going toward the same goal, and that's defeating a virus and defeating um, disease. But for some reason, the World Health Organization, the CDC, and his grand and glorious Dr. Fauci, who is a liar and should be in prison, is they're all telling us to forget natural immunity and to go with only a vaccine. Anyway, I concluded my article by saying 
you know, we're worshiping at this altar of safety, and we are abandoning science and common sense for scientism and this new religion of just believing what we're told by the, by the high priest of the WHO and the high priest of the CDC and Fauci. And I said, this is nonsense. We weren't born to be safe. We were born to be free. So I end the article waving the banner of freedom. Anyway, you know what the response was. This started trending. It was trending nationally. I have screenshots on how this was trending on the Hill, for example. And it was trending on your uh, smartphone news apps, like your Apple News. It was trending nationally, and then it just disappeared. It disappeared. So I contacted the Washington Times. I said, what's up? And they said, you've been shadow banned. Every article that we've published, every single one that we've published that mentions natural immunity is shadow banned and taken down. You have been the victim of shadow banning. In other words, somebody in some dark room out there following the guidance of his grand and glorious Dr. Fauci is deciding what you can read, and they're shadow banning nothing but the elevation of science in the discussion and that natural immunity is good. That's all I said, and that freedom is better than safety. That's all I said, but somebody shadow banned it, and who that is, we don't even know. Well, if it, if, it, if, if, it, if it even is a person, or is it the way the persons have set their algorithms up? Anything that mentions natural immunity, anything that uh, you know, and you know how these things go. They'll have trigger words or or red line words or whatever you want to call it. That when you see it and it starts to gain traction, once you know, because this is how they set the algorithms up. If you have an article that mentions something that they're concerned about, that's one flag. If it starts to gain traction and appears in a certain number of places online, that's a second flag. And then you know the instant trigger is it's spiked it's deleted because they can't have that kind of information getting out they want to make sure that that is uh is um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Treated as misinformation, censored. not not censored. I was, it was uh, where they want to they want to d- dismiss it. They want to make sure that it's dismissed as being called misinformation. That that's what you're providing, even though your science uh, is exactly right, and it has been that for hundreds of years. But it but it 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 challenges their science that says our experts in our labs can create something better to protect your body from a virus than God can uh, with His natural immunity that he gave you and and bob here's the thing if, if if we are being controlled by an algorithm which you're probably right then we're being controlled as people right now by artificial intelligence essentially we're being controlled by robots right I, that may be hyperbole but not much it's as if robots have been programmed with artificial intelligence to shut down any discussion that we want to have that somebody who programmed those robots, decided was unacceptable for Americans. I talked to another guest about this very topic yesterday, not your article, but the, uh, the, the spiking of information uh, by, uh, by AI, and that is exactly correct. Right now, the humans may think they're in control because they set the algorithms and they uh, you know, tell the, the, the computers and the machines what to do, but eventually they start, and I'm not trying to go Terminator 1984 on you here, but you understand the dangers of it when you take human thinking and thought processes, processes out of the equation so that 
common sense can actually prevail, and you just turn it over to whatever you know the old uh, the old computer uh, uh, acronym Geigo, garbage in, garbage out. You feed it and program it with garbage. That is exactly what you're going to get, and it, sometimes it can be very very dangerous. Um, let's pause it there, Doctor Piper, so we can come back and talk a little bit more about Doctor Fauci. You just said he belongs in jail. You are a, a, among a, a, a you share a popular opinion. Let's phrase it that way. There's a lot of people who would agree with that. We'll talk about that next on AM. 1420 the answer. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, 1023, we've got a little bit of time left here with uh, Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Rand Paul has had some very, very public disputes with Dr. Anthony Fauci, usually in Senate hearings over COVID-19 policy and the origins of COVID-19 and the research done in Wuhan, China. Dr. Paul has publicly accused Anthony Fauci of funding through the NIH, the National Institute of Health, the Wuhan lab, and their gain-of-function research. Anthony Fauci very loudly and publicly uh disputed Dr. Paul, saying, you don't know what you're talking about. And now, apparently, some evidence has emerged that proves Dr. Paul right, and Dr. Fauci lied to the American people by way of that Senate panel. Dr. Piper, you said Dr. Fauci should be in prison. I'll let you take it from there. This man is responsible for creating the virus. The 900 pages of documents that have been released through the Freedom of Information Act, The Intercept, which is another news source, has reported that those 900 pages have been released, and this is what Rand Paul said about that news. He said, surprise, surprise, Fauci lied again, and I was right about his agency funding the coronavirus research at the Wuhan lab. And then, he, and then Rand Paul says this, read this thread and the papers released. You have a university, excuse me, a Rutgers University professor a chemistry, of chemistry and chemical biology. His name is Richard Ebright explaining all of this. And the bottom line, the bottom line is he and others are saying that the documents that were released in, conduct, in connection with the Freedom of Information Act highlight the fact that this Fauci and what he was doing was a roadmap to the high-risk research that could have led to the current pandemic. Did you hear that? What Fauci was doing, what these papers demonstrate, they are a roadmap to the high-risk research that Fauci was doing and funding behind the scenes that could have led to the current pandemic. We have had the fox in the hen house. The guy that's responsible for this stuff, the guy that's responsible for these deaths, the guy that's responsible for us losing our freedom and panicking and cowering in fear, the fox has been in the hen house. And frankly, Donald Trump should have kicked him out of the hen house. But surely the American people should rise up now and demand a hearing and demand that he be held accountable for perjury, for perjuring himself before Congress and he should be sentenced to at least five years in prison for that, I would argue he should be held accountable for manslaughter. 
because millions of people have died because this man lied about what he was doing behind the scenes. We have Dr. Frankenstein washing his hands of the monster that he's created. Wow, that's a powerful image, and that's very well said. The the real question going forward, though, aside from punishment for these misdeeds and the and the dishonesty and the deception, is what's next? Because the WHO led the quote unquote investigation of the Wuhan lab. The WHO is owned and operated essentially fully by uh, the Chinese Communist Party. So they never, ever got anything definitive from the lab. Uh, any attempt to investigate now what was done there with respect to gain of research is, is, is going to be futile because all of the evidence has been destroyed. And so what other types of uh, experimentation are they working on? What other type of research, gain of function or otherwise, are they working on that's going to hit us next? That's the real question to me. Well, and, and Lord only knows, and I don't mean that flippantly, God only knows. Because we, the people, have been lied to about masks. We've been lied to about distancing. We've been lied to about the origin of this. We've been lied to about the Wuhan lab. We've been lied to about everything with regard to this particular problem. And why in the world would we trust this fox who's been standing in the hen house killing the birds? and smiling about it as the government from Donald Trump on down has given him a free, a free reign to do so. The only solution I see right now, Bob, is that we need to hold our elected, elected representatives responsible to support Rand Paul and to demand a hearing before the American people and hold Fauci as an example, probably several other evil, nefarious people out there. We need to hold them responsible for the lies that they've told to us. Well, you know, the real frustrating part about it is not only did they give him free reign, as you just described, they gave him cover. They gave him defense. Anybody who criticized Dr. Fauci was dismissed as a quack and a loon who was a science denier, a flat earther. How can you possibly deny uh, the science from this expert, the highest paid uh, federal employee in America. He makes more money than the President of the United States. How dare you challenge the wisdom and the, uh, uh, and the accuracy of, of that which uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, 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 declares. And that's the most frustrating thing to me. You couldn't even get at the guy. And it'll still be the case. I will be accused by somebody listening to your show right now as being some sort of tinfoil crackpot. Because I dared to say that Anthony Fauci is like Dr. Frankenstein trying to wash his hands of the monster that he's created. I'll be accused of that. People will deny the facts that are before their very eyes, these 900 pages that have been released that show he's been behind the funding and the direction of the creation of the coronavirus. People will still deny it. They'll follow the Pied Piper blindly over the cliff. Dr. Everett Piper laying it out for us as only he can. Terrific stuff. And thank you for your reflections on 9-11 as well, Dr. Piper. I appreciate that very much, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Bless you. Thank you, Doctor. All right, that's Dr. Everett Piper. It's 1030. The rest of the program is yours. I started the show with my reflections of 9-11, and I'm going to end it that way. The next half hour, I want to hear from you and what you want to do with those memories from 9-11. Do you want to remember the great times, or do you want to remember the pain and the anguish? The 20th anniversary is two days away. Make your choice, and tell us how you're going to commemorate that day. 
1420 The Answer. to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Thank you all. I, uh, I want you all to know I can't call me Larry. I want you all to know that America today, America today is on bended knees in prayer for the people whose lives were lost here, for the workers who work here, for the families who mourn. This nation stands with the good people of New York City and New Jersey and Connecticut as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens. I can hear you! I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... and the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. You're not going to believe me when I tell you that 20 years later, that still gives me chills. I literally feel them right now as I heard him shout into that megaphone from the top of that fire truck with his arms around a firefighter who tried to get down to give him the, the full platform or podium or whatever you want to call the where they were standing on top of that truck and how he pulled him back up there with him and said, no, you stay right here. And he had his arm around him the entire time. Just the emotion that was in his voice at that time, I just think it... He spoke for every man, woman, and child in this country. As I said to Dr. Piper in the interview last half hour, I don't think George W. Bush was the greatest president of all time. I don't know if he's top five, but I will tell you he was perfect for that moment in time. He was perfect. I cannot imagine anyone handling that situation any better. I cannot imagine anyone finding a way to balance the pain, the suffering, the tragedy, the condolences, and the prayers 
along with the anger and the vitriol and the promise of revenge for what was done to us. He, he struck it perfectly. It's one of the things that still drives me 20 years later. I, and it's one of the things that infuriates me now when I see what Joe Biden just did. George W. Bush, 20 years ago this Saturday, two days from now, said the rest of the world hears you and the people who knocked these buildings down will hear from all of us. And they did. And we went in there and the people who knocked these buildings down were either killed or captured. The Taliban, the sponsors of 9-11 through Al-Qaeda, they were all captured or killed. In over 20 years, we made sure they could not reconstitute themselves. Now, we have opened up the very nation that they sprang forth from 20 years ago. And they're back in power again. Somebody's going to have to explain that to me. The Taliban is in control again. President Bush was right. They heard from us. We killed and we captured, and then we set them free. There's part of that I'll never understand. And I think one of the reasons why this kind of thing is allowed to happen is because what I said in the opening monologue, because we forget. We promised on 9-11-01 we would never forget. It has taken less than two decades for Americans to forget. Not all of us, but enough of us. Enough of us have forgotten the pain, the anguish, the sadness, the tears, the pain, the burning. All of it. Because we don't want to see that again. Oh my gosh, quit playing those videos. Oh my gosh, quit talking about the people who jumped. Oh my gosh, quit doing this, that, and the other thing to remind us of that terrible day. And it's because so many people have forgotten about the, ha- the anguish and the pain and the horror and the terror of that terrible day that they have allowed something like this to happen. Where the very sponsors of that terror attack are allowed to come back and start anew. I think if the buildings were blown up a week ago, the planes had hit the buildings a week ago and 9-11 was just happening, you think people would be okay with the Taliban running Afghanistan? We'd be revolting. But because it's 20 years ago, that's in the past. What did Joe Biden say? What did Joe Biden say when those Afghans were hanging on to the planes as they took off and fell to their deaths? What did he say to George Stephanopoulos? Hey, that was four days ago, five days ago. (laughs) That's in the past. What are you talking about that for? Well, 9-11 was 20 years ago. (laughs) Whatever. So the Taliban's in charge of Afghanistan again. So they're going to be a massive terror threat to the the United States and the rest of the world again. Ah, So they're going to team up with Al-Qaeda and ISIS-K and wreak Islamic jihad ha- uh, uh, havoc and savagery all around the world again. Eh, you know, that was 20 years ago. I mean, you remember that? I don't remember that very well. That's what we've allowed to hap- happen. BJ in uh, North Olmstead, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for waiting, BJ. Go ahead. Thank you, Bob. I want to take you down a different path. 
in Afghanistan, one of the things that was reported that the banks opened, uh, the international bank, that's who supports all the banking throughout the world. Who the hell controls the international bank, the golden calf, on our dollar bill? It says, this note is legal tender. Look up what note means. It means a debt. You know, if you stay away from the real truth and don't understand it from the smoke screens that these people are putting up, you're never going to go through it. I am part Italian and part Sicilian. Fauci is supposed to be Italian. He's an SOB. And we have to start recognizing that we can't be afraid to say who people are and what they are. The old, who in the hell is running Google? A wonderful Christian that believes in freedom and not cutting people off from the truth? So until we become realistic, that's why those towers came down. We don't know who the hell brought them down. We said they were the Muslims. But there's been a lot of stories before those towers came down. They wanted to figure out what to do with them. And we forget about those types of things. If you forget the truth, then the present truth makes no difference. And the awakening has to be being truthful about who's who and pointing the finger and not being afraid who in the hell we're pointing it at. If something is wrong, you young people have to wake up to the truth. The truth. And what the hell is the truth? And if you don't know what that is, we're finished in America. The golden calf is running this world. And if you don't know what the hell the golden calf is, then you're never going to solve the problem of what it's going to do. And, and we have a right to be angry with those Americans that were murdered on 9-11 for profit. Not only for religion, but for profit. Thank you for the time, Bob. Navy man Norm in Strongsville. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Norm. Those who refuse to learn from the lessons of the past are condemned to repeat it. George Santayana. Bob, those words stay with me forever because we are in the same predicament today that we were some 20 years ago on 9-11. We ignored all the warning signs. All the warning signs were there. People that were taking lessons how to take off in a plane, but not how to land it. And that wonderful uh, FBI bureau, along with the residents or of the White House, the Clintons, okay, forgot about sharing the information that they were receiving. I mean, people at that time are smart-ass, excuse me, news media, asked, where was God in this tragedy? Where was God? He was there. He gave us all the warning signs. He gave us the men, the 344 firemen and the 71 police officers who died trying to rescue uh, the people and the occupants of the World Trade Center. God didn't abandon us. We abandoned God, and we paid the price. Now we're paying the price again because we have a feckless, spineless coward occupying the White House. I don't call him the commander-in-chief. I wouldn't dignify him with that title. But we are in the crosshairs once again of extremists, both foreign and domestic. And unfortunately, I think the domestic are probably worse than the foreign because they have no honor. They have no patriotism. They despise our country. They try to defund our police officers and ridicule them, and demolish the people's trust in them, they tear down our own monuments. Can you imagine, Bob, for 
going back 20 years after this incident occurred, that we would think that there would be people that actually ran around the country and hell-bent on destroying and obliterating our American history, whether it's the Confederacy or whether it's the Union side or whether it's Abraham Lincoln or Patriot or Martin Luther King, and tearing down our monuments, and we would sit still for it? No, no, I can't imagine that. And I refuse, I refuse to, quote, take a knee like these cowards in our professional sports do. I am not watching any NFL games, any major league games, or the NBA. They want to kneel, that's fine. Me and my friends kneel to only one entity, our Lord God, and we will continue to do so. But I take heart in the words of Psalm 21, verse 11 and 12. Though they plot evil against you and devise wicked schemes, they cannot succeed, for you will put them to flight. Bob, you and the rest of the folks like you are putting those people to flight. We will stand while they kneel. God bless America. God bless you, uh, Navy, Navy Man Norm, and thank you. Uh, very, very well said and very, very uh, accurate in my opinion. Uh, Jim is in Lakewood. Jim, you're on AM 1420 The Answer. Go right ahead. Uh, good morning. Yes, this is uh, just a call, basically a reflection on uh, 9-11 and you know, tying it with events of today when on 9-11, I was uh, a young company commander of the inf- Army Infantry Officer stationed at Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, so we had to deal with the immediate, you know, securing the base and wrapping our arms around how significant that was while obviously, you know, taking care of, you know, what was at our door, you know, working for the day. Uh, Thirteen months later, I was in Afghanistan uh, with the 82nd Airborne uh you know, had a myriad of jobs, but had a pretty good understanding of the threat. You know, a couple previous, two pre, two callers prior started discussing discussing golden calves and different issues. And I'm not here to discredit it, but you, your your statements earlier were about how do we uh, keep it? Do we show these images? Do we discuss the, the hard parts of it? And absolutely, we have to because. If we don't, we'll, we'll we don't we'll follow rabbit holes and conspiracy theories, and we'll dilute what actually happened, and we'll dilute what the threat is existing, what is today, as well. And, you know where it happened, what where where it is now. Uh, after Afga- ten months in Afghanistan, I went to Iraq. Then I spent uh, another when I got out of the army. Uh, actually, I trained soldiers for two two more years after Iraq and at the Joint Readiness Training Center in Louisiana. In uh, Kuwait, uh, based in Kuwait, as a counterinsurgency instructor, uh, four and a half years total in the Middle East. I understand the power and the mistakes of what we could do good and what we could do bad uh, in the world. And uh, you know, I, we are in an inflection point, and uh, it's a hard reality. It's hard for those of us invested this much time and effort in keeping the walls away to, to watch what goes on now. But the reality is that we are the majority. The freedom-loving people of this country are the majority. The people who understand the significance of 9-11, we are the majority. I was on Max Govia's uh, procession yesterday on my motorcycle with a bunch of the Patriot Guard riders. 
And that's what America is. That is the heartland right there. The people who stood on the road and the people who took time out of their day to show up and show respect. And uh, we are the majority. And I do believe there's more of us than there is uh, progressive liberals who, who, who want to take this country down. And uh, we just need to continue the good fight. And thank you for allowing me to say that. Jim, we are the minority, majority rather, you're right, uh, but you are the minority because you were one of the few who took up arms and ran to defend this country, and you served in Afghanistan and you served in Iraq. You are the definition of America, and I thank you. God bless you for your service. Thank you so much. All right, uh, we'll take our time out here, 1051. I've got time for a few more phone calls, reflections on 9-11, if you're wondering why I'm doing this today. On the 9th, it's because 9-11 is on Saturday. Tomorrow is 9-10, and I will not be on the air tomorrow. So Rob Walgate will be filling in, so I won't have an opportunity to do my 9-11 reflections that I do each and every year and have for the last 20 years now uh, that I've been blessed enough to be on radio for each of these events. Um, I do want to remind you of one note. I got a call from Ken Markovich, who joined me earlier in this week, talking about a uh, or actually, I think it was last week, talking about a big event coming up on Saturday on 9-11. It's a 9-11 uh, fundraising event at Veterans Memorial Park in Avon Lake from 2 o'clock until 6 o'clock. And you can find out more information on that very important event at patriotcause.com, patriotcause.com. And I strongly encourage you to support these types of events, and we'll be right back. free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 